Από πού ερχόσασταν και πού πηγαίνατε. Από Λονδίνο ήμουν για Αθήνα. Τέλος καλό, όλα καλά. I was recently introduced to the Youth Center of Epirus, a non-profit organization located in Yanana whose major focus is providing support for asylum seekers, and in particular, unaccompanied minors. This is an issue I really care about, and so today I'm speaking with a representative from the center, Marta Alonso Mamola. She'll be explaining more to us about the issues facing unaccompanied minors, but also the programs that exist to support them, and how us joining their volunteering program could be an amazing experience. So welcome to an important new episode of Epirus Falls, all about social welfare. Hey Marta, welcome to Epirus Falls and thank you so much for being part of this today. Nothing, thank you to you for the invitation. <laughs> Do you want to explain to listeners a bit about the centre and the important work you guys do. Yes, sure. So, the Youth Centre of Epirus is one organisation located in Yanina. Uh, it works uh, for youth, but also with youth, mainly. Uh, we try to do like international projects where we try to engage the local youngsters to go abroad, to have like a new experience. But we also are really committed with the um, asylum seeker and refugee community. So that's why since some years ago we are coordinating some projects related mostly to accommodation. Uh, the main project that is currently active is a facility for an accompanied asylum seeker minors um, that uh, there they can have uh, different services like legal support, psychologists, teachers, but we also provide them activities, non from educational activities, um, daily from Monday to Friday. And this uh, task is done by, uh, by our volunteers that come from different countries of Europe. Obviously, the refugee crisis has been a huge issue in Greece for a number of years now. Mm. I was just wondering how you've seen things change in your time here. I think that... Uh, There has been like a really big uh, change, mostly in the flows of migration. When I started to be a volunteer at the youth center, we were having, for example, like I would say like 60% of the minors were from Pakistan and the rest were like from uh, Yemen, Syria, some uh, guys also from Afghanistan. But now we can see that the conflict is changing. Now most of them, they are coming from Somalia um, and also from Afghanistan since the Taliban. Uh, yeah. And after these asylum seekers reach Greece, how do they get allocated to centers in Epirus? So once the asylum seeker refugees arrive to, to the border, to the hotspot, uh, it can be Lesbos, Samos, it can be also the frontier, Uh, of Ebros with Turkey and Greece, uh, they have to make like a registration to take some information about them. They will do also like a vulnerability assessment to see if they, they are inside any collective that they might face like more danger. Uh, and after that, they are relocated uh, in different uh, facilities of Greece. 
but it's not that the miners choose, it's where there is a space they will be located. And when these unaccompanied miners arrive at your centre, what kind of issues are they facing and what does your organisation do to improve the lives during their time here? Um, I think that the biggest uh, challenge it will be all the traumas that they have faced in the journey or in the country of origin. Uh, most of them they might manifest like signs of post-traumatic disorder. Um, so that's why we have like uh, psychological support inside the facility. And of course, we also have like cultural mediators. Uh, so the kids, they can really express in their mother tongue what they feel. So the assessment can be really accurate. Or we can try to do really our best. Um, and also, in some of the cases, it's not always. It can happen, maybe they don't know really good English, or they didn't go so many years to school. So it's kind of so the challenge of education. So we really need to start from the basis. And you mean education in terms of what they know about European culture too? Also, true, because uh, sometimes they have an idea of Europe that is not the correct one. But it can happen also with us as European, no? who hasn't heard about the American dream, for example. No? And maybe people need to go there and it's like, wow, what they told me before, I mean, this is not really the same as what I hear. So I think that they are facing the same cultural shock or like shock of uh, uh, thoughts that they have, uh, but quite more challenging because of the background, let's say. Going back to Epirus, I was wondering, could you tell me a bit more about what daily life is like for asylum seekers here, and specifically in Yanina? I really believe that Yanina is really a good place to live. It's really safe also for migrants, for locals. I mean, you can go at night uh, alone in the street. You will be okay. You will be safe. It's full of people. It's full of life. I like this uh, fact about the city. But related to migrants, the biggest challenge, it can be, for example, that the main accommodations are out of the city. So this means that they face the challenge of transportation to the city center. I mean, to do their shopping, to, to maybe just to have a walk in the city. Why not? They also want to relax no, from all the difficulties that they have experienced in the past. So... I think that this can be really a big challenge. Would you like there to be some facilities within the city? Of course, it's the first uh, step to inclusion and integration. Of course, there are more steps in order to achieve uh, inclusion. But uh, if you put all the community out of the city, this means that you are creating an artificial ghetto, let's say. So in order to work into integration and inclusion, you need to start to put the community with the locals and of course later to create maybe activities or workshops or a space where both locals and asylum seekers and refugees can connect like a common place. We need really to work on that. We really need to connect the the community of refugees and asylum seekers with the locals. The only problem is that most of the refugees and asylum seekers they don't want to stay in Greece. So they see Greece as a place of uh, transit. 
So they say, oh, I will not get involved in the local life because I will go to Germany, maybe tomorrow to Finland, Norway. And this is the big challenge, I think, for, for Greece. People leave their countries for all sorts of reasons, but the point is that if I was in their shoes, if I was their age, and I was in a country that I knew nothing about, I would hope that an organization like yours existed. And beyond that, I would hope that there would be some kind people in the community I could trust, even if that was a friend just to have a chat with, uh, or someone who could show me around the city. Simple gestures mean an awful lot, don't they? Yeah, it's, as we said uh, before, the really small things are the things that matter. The things that will make you feel good, but also the other person. These small details is what we really need to work uh, on. I will suggest like two ways. One, open the eyes, see what is happening in the surroundings. You see someone that is on trouble, maybe he or she doesn't speak English, but you speak English and Greek. Go to this person, help. It's five, ten minutes. It's okay. It's not uh, a lot of time. So I will say this, to do a, a small things in your daily life. And of course, if you have the time, we'll be really happy to have you as a volunteer in the facility for the minors. For anyone who would be worried and say that language was a barrier to getting to know one another, what would you say to that? How can we communicate without speaking each other's languages? I mean, um, I remember some of the teenagers, when they first arrived to the facility, they were speaking zero English, not even high, nothing. But uh, through games, through facial expression, at the end you manage to communicate with people. Of course, if they were knowing the, the same language as you, things will be easier. But this doesn't mean that uh, you cannot try it and you will have like a really nice interaction with people. With the volunteers, we really do a lot of activities of sports. In the past, since we have like a lot of guys from Pakistan, we used to play cricket uh, and they would love it. I mean, they could play every day for five hours and it was their moment, their moment that they could feel happy and you could see it in their faces. And for them, it was really important to see that we, as volunteers, as foreigners, we were also taking part in the game, even though it was not a game that is common in our countries. So they also really are really grateful of those moments. So anyone who wants to get more involved, mm. can they drop into your center and find out more? Of course, any time that uh, people want, we are open from Monday to Friday, from 9 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock, you can pass by the office, you can write us also through Instagram, Facebook, and we can have like a chat about how you could contribute to, to, this, um, to this project. So if you want to go abroad, it's, uh, we have different opportunities. We are really open. I mean, we would love to hear about new ideas uh, coming from different people. It's an open space for the locals, and, of course, asylum seekers, all the collectives, all the people living in Janina, let's say. And those who do volunteer, mm. what benefits do you think that could have for them personally? 
What would they gain through volunteering? Well, um, of course, you will gain a lot of experience on leading activities. Not just leading, also creating the activities because every week we gather me and other colleagues with the, all the volunteers and we create activities from zero. This means that you need to research. You need to research on the internet, but also research with the main with the teenagers. I mean, what do you like? What do you want to learn? Um, so this means also that you will improve a lot of communication skills. Uh, and also, when when you apply for Erasmus Plus project abroad, or if you come here to one that we have organized at the youth center. You get like a certificate that is valid mainly for European Union countries. And it's like a kind of a course that has really a lot of meaning. The only thing that you have to then donate to us, maybe a couple of hours of your week. But I think that those hours are really, they are really important for you. But of course for the minors, I mean, and you will, you will really like it, I mean... Like I can say it from all the volunteers that we have, that they are really happy with with what they do. And they are all the time thinking, okay, today afternoon we have really good time. Let's see tomorrow. They are all the time thinking about the future and about the next days, how they will really enjoy the afternoon with the minors. Can I lastly ask you, Marta, what kind of an impact has working for the youth center had on you? I think that it's really an amazing experience that me was the destiny because me I started to be to study a, a primary education teacher and because of a small details of life I have ended in working with asylum seekers and refugees and it was like a great discovery for me and I have really discovered my passion. It has also um, like made me think about us as Europeans, how many opportunities we have and how really free between brackets we are, more or less. And, of course, the experience of being with the minors, being with the asylum seekers and refugees, sitting down with 10 people that are from different countries, like uh, sharing some nice food, some nice chat, like uh, tips of recipes, for example, is uh, something amazing. I believe that uh, I have really changed a lot as person. I'm still growing personally and I'm really waiting for the new opportunities. <laughs>